Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. I mean, listening to Key just then coming into the sound, maybe that's what Gruden should have tried. The shaggy won me. Like what, what? I mean, he. I. I don't know why he thought he could survive this. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't serve it as an excuse, but why the hell would you write that in emails? Yeah, put it in an. E- well, why? We were talking about this yesterday because you think you have a sympathetic ear on the other end of the of the line or on the other end of the phone or whoever's receiving the email. Good morning, Key. Morning, fellers. <laughs> so, Key, you were um, you went off yesterday. And I asked you at a certain point, like, people listening might think, because there's a history, you have an axe to grind or something. Ain't and you no, were hey, saying... Hey, Max, yeah. ain't no axe to grind, man. No, right, yeah. And you were saying, no, no, no here, what you said basically was, look, here are the facts. I'm telling you, here, here are some things. And then anyone who may have thought that, you're, you, you look pretty good this morning, considering your point of view that you expressed yesterday. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's... Not an axe to grind. It's my point of view from day one. Um, I didn't know that that John would say things like that and and put them in an email. He just always been a fraud to me. He just always been a fraud to me. Never, Never from day one, he's been a used car salesman. And people bought it because... He inherited a championship team built by Tony Dungy and Rich McKay, and he came in there with a little bit of different energy that we had with Tony, and it kind of kicked us over the top to get our world championship, which I am grateful for. But at the same time, I also saw through who he was through that journey of getting a championship. The year that – think about it. We won the championship, and we're standing on the podium in the Super Bowl, and the general manager is trying to raise the trophy, and the head coach takes the trophy from him, basically says, give me this, this belongs to me. And, like, all of that, when you're paying attention, and then the next year the general manager leaves in the middle of the season because he doesn't want to deal with all the shenanigans that was going on. He lead, Think about this, though, Jay and Max. He leaves in the middle. Rich McKay left in the middle of the season to co-take another job with another team because he didn't want to be around this guy. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and it's like a lot to, to, to digest and see where, you know, as I, I was having conversations with some friends last night that are in the coaching business. And some of the things that he used to do, and he, he didn't know that players knew, but players are close to assistant coaches patting you on the back on the practice field and then going inside of the coaches offices in film room and shredding you to pieces and then see you 30 minutes later and act like y'all getting ready to go to dinner. Let me, let me key. Let me, let me uh, catch everybody up on exactly what's going on, what we're reacting to right now and, and notice Keyshawn just said 
he came with a different energy that put us over the top. He's giving Gruden credit for that, and he said I was appreciative of it. It's not just like, hey, everyone's piling on Gruden now. We're, we're reacting to the story. If you missed what we're talking about, the New York Times reported that John Gruden used misogynistic and anti-gay language in numerous emails, numerous emails, during a seven-year period that ended in 2018. The Times story came after ESPN's Adam Schefter, will join us at 8.30 Eastern, reported the NFL had sent the Raiders additional Gruden emails to review following the release of disparaging emails about Demaris Smith and Roger Goodell. The Raiders said assistant um, uh, Rich Bisaccia will serve yeah. as interim coach. Here's John Gruden's statement. Quote, I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry I never meant to hurt anyone. Raiders owner Mark Davis released a statement. Quote, I have accepted John Gruden's resignation as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. End quote. The emails were sent while John Gruden was working for Monday Night Football as a lead analyst. An ESPN spokesman said in a statement, quote, the comments are clearly repugnant under any circumstance. So, um, we've heard from Key, Jay. Well, look, he he should be he should have been fired or resigned. That's done for me. That's done. Um, Booker McFarland said in our open that anything you do in the dark comes to light. That is the world that we live in right now, um, and I'm in agreement that John Gruden should step down. But I, I refuse to let this point go, and I said it yesterday, Max. There seems like there was a concerted effort to take down John Gruden. And that's intriguing to me. One email gets leaked to the writer of the Wall Street Journal. That comes out two days ago. And then yesterday, all these emails come out to the New York Times. And we are talking about over 600 plus thousand emails into the work environment of the Washington football team. Mm. That's the fascinating part to me. This is about the Washington football team, yet there's collateral damage in John Gruden, which is deserving of all the evidence that he wrote down the email, obviously. But I, I, I'm so curious to what else will come out or what the league will allow to come out. I'm curious, Jay. I want to follow up. Daniel Snyder or Bruce Allen or all these other issues that are going to be in these emails. I want to follow up on that for a second with you. I understand what you're saying, but if there is stuff that implicates – the Washington football franchise or members of it in the executive staff, whatever, that will eventually come out. Will it? So uh, you would think you, you would. You would think. I, I don't know. In other words, something like this is leaked. While, though, something like this is leaked usually because there's something ongoing that people want to distract from. But it's not like these emails are going to go away, right? You would think. I, I have no idea. Look, here's what happened. The league and the Raiders, whoever made the decision, did the right thing, period. John Gruden's no longer the coach. It was time to go. He did the right thing. And so I think in the end, everybody learns from their mistakes, okay, whatever those mistakes are. Again, I go back to my days with John Gruden because it's important that you have context in all of this. Do I, did I ever think John Gruden, you know, would, would put negative things in an email about somebody? Would I ever say that he would talk behind somebody's back? Absolutely. Absolutely he would. But did I ever think that he would use racial terms, homophobic terms? No, I did never because that never crossed my mind. 
being negative towards somebody, yes, 100% times over because that's just who he is. That's who John Gruden is, okay? He had them all fooled for a long time. Everybody was thinking, oh, my God, he's the greatest of all times. He's this, he's that. And now they actually see. And this is what you're getting in this, Max. He, when you say people learn, I'm interested because the thing about you is you're very, you will tell people how you feel about it. And even if it comes off, oh, he's just anti this. In fact, if you listen I'm, closely. I'm not anti-anything. Right, you're, you're very fair in your own assessment of things. You will be honest on both sides. Actually, his energy helped put us over the top, but it was Tony Dungy's team. You started off by saying everyone can learn from their mistakes. To what does that refer? When you say you can learn from your mistakes, why did you bring that up? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about everybody in general in life. You learn from mistakes and things that you do. But this is over and above learning from a mistake. Mm -hmm. This is a repeated behavioral pattern, clearly. Okay? We, We can go all the way back to 2011. We can go to emails all the way to 2018. We can do all of those things. And I'm sure if they wanted to go into emails prior to that, you probably could find something there. And I'm sure you can go to some things post-2018. Just remember this. They brought in Richie Incognito, okay, but, but Key, can to I, the I, Raiders I, to do anything to help them win, even though his behavior was such that he was removed from a couple teams because of his type of behavior. But when you align yourself with that, you think every, it's okay. I, I you just, think that's okay. I, I just want to remind people, and I'm not in defense of John Gruden's statements at all, Key. A lot of people spoke this type of way from that generation, man. From from what generation? Or from the gen- I mean, I'm talking about ten years ago. Ten in years other words, ago, there was there was there, there was a lot a of coaches, a lot of people I've been around in my life, not saying for, for right or for wrong, that spoke in with the, with that kind of use of terms. Well, around here's, sports. What, here's what I would say, Jay. And I'm not saying right, but I'm just saying if we if we decide to go back and do this, that would be an interesting exercise for me. Meaning 2011. Yes, but, if we mm-hmm. decide to go back in time and start you know start breaking down things that people said for right or for wrong, I think we would be canceling a lot of people. But I ain't. But, it, but it ain't even about. But it's not about canceling nobody. I, I, Cancel I understand. That, I, I don't understand, even believe in it, that canceling. I understand stuff. it's about calling out bad it, behavior. I'm just saying calling out bad behavior. We'll be calling out a lot of bad behavior. Absolutely, but it's not. But it's not about canceling somebody, Jay. It's not about that. He canceled himself. We didn't cancel him. He canceled himself. The emails is self-explanatory. I hear what you're saying. That's why I say I'm not defending it, Key. I just say I'm defending it. And the emails, the emails continued through 2018. Uh, So at that point, between 2011 and 2000, even if you want to argue, in 2011 there was greater tolerance for bigoted language and everything. By 2018, you had to know. Understood. Understood. Even in 2011, but especially in 2018. All right, we're going to get into this, you know, much more. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all phone guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Up next, we're going to continue this conversation. How important is the timing of all this? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, ESPN2.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. What bothers me about the whole thing and, and is that it's one thing to kind of lack the kind of awareness that even if you harbor certain feelings or use certain language, maybe you don't put them in writing. <laughs> I get it. But there's, you know, we talked about it yesterday about how racism is also about a power a structure, right? It's not just bigotry. It's not just personal prejudice. It's that you can do something about it because you're in a position of power. And when you consider... John Gruden putting that in an email, you have to believe that he thought he had a sympathetic ear on the other line, right? The, 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 receipt, the, the, the person receiving that email had certain sensibilities that would be sympathetic to John Gruden's language and, and his various complaints. Um, I want everyone to listen to Gruden yesterday. This is before he resigned, before the, the, the second wave of emails uh, reporting was released uh, about some of the language he used. This is just when he was using language describing Damaris Smith in unflattering and and bigoted terms. This is what John Gruden said at the press conference before he resigned. I'm not going to rehash uh, the event again. I think um, I feel very good about um, uh, the things I have learned. I also feel really good about what I stand for, as I said yesterday, and uh, I'll be happy to talk about football, but um, I'll just leave it at that. Key, you talked in the previous segment about you're, you're not into cancel culture and everyone can learn from their mistakes, and I agree with that sentiment. People, it's not like, oh, you mess up, you never get another chance. But what bothers me is that, especially people in positions of power, they want to rush by the accountability part and get right to the future, get right to the putting everything behind them. And I thought what we just heard from Gruden was indicative of that. You know, just for one second, he wants to stay in the I'm accountable thing, but that second's already gone, and now he doesn't want to address it anymore. I think that's the wrong attitude. It, it is, but he's also had 
other opportunities. When you say the, the, the cancer culture, whatever, to me, that's some Internet whatever. I, I can't get caught up in the social media world of what people think about individuals and how they should, you know, get rid of them because of this, that, and the other. And it all depends on what's your behavior. Like, what is your behavior? Is there a consistent pattern of the negative things over time that will get you into a place where people say it's time for you to be removed from whatever job or leadership role that you may be in. And that's, in my opinion, that is where you are with John Gruden. And and I think when you look at it, it didn't happen. You know, you say to yourself, okay, had he said this in the, in the privacy in passing with some friends or whatever the case may be, it, it, it didn't get out into the public. How would we feel about it? We would feel the same way about it. Just because it's not in an email form doesn't mean that we're supposed to feel a certain way about it because it's disparaging remarks. It's hurtful remarks. My daughter that passed away was part of the LGTP community, period, okay? On top of being black, okay? I happen to be black. I am very dark. I have full lips, and they're not, I do not have injections. Mine was naturally born and real. So it hurts to the core. It hurts to the core when you hear things like that because in this day and age, like you said, Max, 2018, where we are now in 2021, you know better. I did a book, and I did a book. I did a lot of research on my book going all the way back, man, to when the NFL was created and all of the things that went on to get us to where we are today and everything that's in between. All of the stuff that I had to uncover and understand and learn how we was treated as black men trying to simply play a sport that we love but wasn't allowed to do that because of the color of our skin. We were not put in a position as of power, ownership, general managers. There's only three CEO presidents in the National Football League that are African-American. That percentage is so low. Head coaches, coordinators that actually call plays. That's really low. And then you to have this come in front of us because you think that we're not qualified for a certain job because of our looks. It's just, it just crazy. It, it lends to that privilege, that white privilege. I'm above anything else. Mm-hmm. And then you get yourself put in this position of power now and then you still are acting out and doing things that you shouldn't be doing, talking not only about black people, but about others. You attacking other people for what? That was for pa- what reason? No, key that that's very powerful. What you just said, um, Jay Key brought up the you know again the power structure mm-hmm. right and and levels of ownership and and, and executive uh, positions in the NFL. And it reminds me that there's zero black ownership in the NFL, right? The ownership yes. level. And unless people believe that African-American people are somehow intrinsically inferior at making money, then they, then they must also understand, right? Because you've got to be a billionaire to buy a team. They must also understand that the reason ownership is levels are zero, African-American ownership in the NFL, is a result of our country's original sin, right? If there's it's go slavery... Reconstruction, Jim Crow, ongoing systemic racism, right? That's see, why you here, get here's, that. But, here's, but here's what I would say, though. Let me, let me stop you before you even go there. Here's what I would say. I don't believe, Max, mm-hmm. that the lack of ownership is because of that in the National Football League. 
I believe a lack of ownership is because, one, most of the teams don't come up for sale. Okay, they're just handed down from family to family. It's like having a house. You're going to give it from one child to the next, to the next, to the next. When they come up for sale, us as a community, meaning blacks in the community, economically, we have a few dudes that have billions. Yes, we have the Oprah Winfrey's and the Jay-Z's and the Dr. Dre's, and maybe we have a few Internet guys that, that created some stuff and a couple people in medicine and things of that nature. But as a whole, we don't have the type of wealth to be able to just go out and play money. We don't have play money. And, and then when we want to put teams to, uh, uh, put a group together to go and purchase a team, for whatever reason, we don't uh, be allowed to do that because we don't necessarily have the balance sheet that they are looking for. Yeah, Key, I, I would say that everything you just said is right, and I think that does point to – you know, the, what I was saying, the reason that there is no like that all comes back to the same thing. It's it's you know, I mean, but the anyway, we're, I want to get to you, Jay, on this because I know you have some stuff to say on it. And uh, and we're going to this isn't going anywhere all day. We, of course, have to talk about Monday night football. Tremendous win for Lamar Jackson. What's going on with Ben Simmons? There's so much going on. We're going to continue this conversation next with Booger McFarland. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This is Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. All phone guests join us on the Goodyear hotline. You can be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed or call in line 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, we're continuing to discuss John Gruden announcing his resignation in a statement on Monday night, shortly after the New York Times reported that he used misogynistic and anti-gay language in numerous emails during a seven-year period that ended in 2018. And this is after a previous report of disparaging remarks he made about the appearance of Damaris Smith. ESPN football analyst Booger McFarlane joins us via the Goodyear hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward Goodyear more driven. Boog, thanks for coming on. You, you called for Mark Davis to do something on Monday Night Countdown. What's, what's your reaction to Gruden resigning? Well, first of all, good morning, fellas. Good morning. Uh, I, I think it had to be done, Max. I think it's something that, if not done, was going to continue to fester inside that locker room. I, I think the players had to continue to ask themselves and ask uh, people outside what's going on and answer questions. And so uh, it, it's just something that had to be done, not only by – Mark Davis and the Las Vegas Raiders, but by the NFL. You know, as I stated last night, you can't have phrases painted in your end zones and in the back of helmets of players like uh, it takes all of us, uh, Black Lives Matter, we're in this together, et cetera, and then have one of your 32 head coaches um, putting things in emails that go directly against that. So it, it was either do this or have everything that you've done over the last 24 months come into question. And I think we, we saw which way the NFL and the Las Vegas Raiders went. Booger, when you, um, when you, when you see things like this, it, it, as a player that played in the game for a long time, if you were in the locker room, how would you have handled this? Well, I think that's a good question. Um, you know, this came out Friday. And, you know, a couple of days before the game, we're typically getting ready for uh, our game mentally, emotionally, physically. But instead, we had to answer all these questions last Friday. So, you know, I, I would have tried to handle it the best way I could. But at the end of the day, I'm human, man. Like, there's really nothing you can do about it but deal with the human emotion that happens in real time. So, um, you know, we can say compartmentalized focus on the game, but that would be tough to do, which is why I think something had to be done. Boog, you and I both played for Coach Gruden. What would you say to John right now? Like, what, what would be the sidebar? on If we walked out onto the practice field, coming out of our trailer, and we're standing there getting ready to stretch, what would you say to him? Well, Key, um, that's tough. Um, I don't really know what I'd say today, especially after he resigned, after hearing um, hearing that there were more emails and all the terms in which that he used. You know, initially this was about him, whether or not he was a racist or not. Then it turned into, you know, the misogynistic tweet, uh, emails, talking about gays, um, bad mouth and Roger Goodell. So he really just touched everyone. Like, he didn't really hold, uh, you know, hold any guns from anybody. I would just say this about John. Uh, I don't know John's heart. Uh, I played for him. Uh, we won a championship together. You know, John is a different character. Uh, do I think he's a racist? No, I don't. But I also don't know his heart. I can just give you my opinion. I think that John has a lot of soul searching to do based on what's 
give his life and what's in his past and what he has to deal with going forward. John is a man. He's got a couple of kids. He's got a wife. Like he's he's no different than a lot of us on this phone call right now. Like he's got, he's got to deal with this day in and day out. He's got to answer all the questions day in and day out. So, you know, realizing key that I too am a guy who um, is without faults, or excuse me, is not without faults. So I'm not going to cast judgment on him. I, I would just tell him that he's got to examine what's inside of him, man, and understand that. Uh, you got to answer for, for everything that you've done yourself. Not only that, now you put them on your family, they have to answer for that. So you got to get right with your family and figure out what's inside your heart because only really two people know that, and that's you and the good Lord. Um, talking to Booger McFarlane right now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we're reacting to John Gruden's resignation after a New York Times report um, reported that he – sent numerous emails through the years with misogynistic and homophobic language. And this is after a previous report that where he used language uh, disparaging Damaris Smith, uh, a a black man's physical characteristic. Um, uh, At at any rate, how do you think the locker room responds to this booger? Well, you know, I I think the initial uh, reaction is going to be shocked. It's going to be a lot of text messages flying, a lot of little small groups in the locker room. But I think when Rich Passaccia, who's the interim coach, steps in front of that team, uh, he is a leader of men. Uh, he, you, you know Rich as well as I do. Rich, uh, who's a special team coach, very similar to John Harbaugh. So what does that mean? That means he's he's got relationship with, with, with everyone on the team, offense, defense. So he can, he can galvanize everyone. Um, I would feel a little bit of relief. Also, because now when the media comes in the locker room, I don't have to answer the question. You know, I, I'm going to have to in, in answer some initial questions, but by the end of the week, this will all be over. We'll, we'll be able to move on. And so we can get back to doing what we do, what we signed up to do, which is play football. So, um, and, and that's the way it should be. Like, this shouldn't be a question of trying to answer or figure out daily what type of person my head coach is. I signed up to play football. I didn't sign up to judge character. I didn't sign up to judge the man himself. And so I think, Max, to your point, this allows the organization, the National Football League, to get back to business. And ultimately, I think that's what everyone wants. Uh, you feel bad that it costs someone their job. Uh, but it's also a reality check, very similar to what I said last night, in that I think we all have to realize this. Whatever is done in the dark eventually comes to the light, whether we want it to or not. And we all have to answer for everything we do, both in the daylight and in the dark. Well, go ahead, Keith. No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask Boog, when our time together in Tampa, did did John show you anything that would display this type of behavior? I know there was always some tense moments with different players, things of that nature. But did he ever show you this side of him? You know, Key, no, he didn't. And, and I'll tell anyone, people who know my relationship with John know it has, has, hasn't has always been the best for a number of reasons. Uh, but even with that being said, I don't have a reason to bad mouth John as far as things that John has has, has done. Um, you know, John is an acquired taste. He's kind of like eating Brussels sprouts every night for, for dinner. Like, I'm not really sure that, that a, a lot of people would do that. Uh, however, I, I think once you do it, so often, or once you do it often enough, you get used to it. And I think that's the way I would describe John. Uh, very, very 
uh, high strong, very high, very, very, uh, he's a high energy guy, very dedicated, very meticulous. I think about the stories, Key. John getting to the office at 317 and one, diagram and play. Like he is, he is a, a, a maniac when it comes to coaching the sport of football. And you can imagine, you know, I, I think we've all seen the, the, the movie A Beautiful Mind, you know, kind of how Russell Crowe, how his mind worked and how, like, we couldn't understand the depth in which his mind would go when it came to all those numbers. I think John was the same way when it came to football. Um, you know, he was very uh, dedicated. Uh, he was very uh, focused when it came to that. So, you know, that didn't always come across as a, as a people person. And so I can see where uh, his personality in the end may have rubbed people the wrong way. Now, with all that being said, again, uh, and I'll state this, and I'll tell anybody, I think that that John obviously made some mistakes. I think that's all very well documented. In my experience, in my dealings with him, I don't think he's a racist. I don't. And I know that's going to be thrown around a lot, and maybe that, that goes against what a lot of people say. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. Now, for other people who have dealt with him directly may have a different opinion, and that's for them to decide. He, I think you and I both had a lot of direct dealings with him um, on, a, on, a, on a very personal level. And so I would just ask you, because I think everyone knows that, that you and him had a one in end where you, know, you wind up uh, leaving the last four or five years. I would just ask you, Delacy, what, what were your thought processes or what were your feelings to John? And, and, and do you think uh, he was, and I'll ask you directly, you No, I, I never, you know, I, I said it, Boog, and I'll say it again. I never, ever thought that he was a racist at all. I thought, much like you, he is an interesting character. Did I think that his behavior would be such that I wouldn't put it past him to say negative things behind people's backs at all? I did not put that past him because he's shown me that when I played with him and been around him that he could be that way. As far as the, 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 the remarks in the email, he never displayed that to me. I don't, as I said before, I don't know that he is a racist, but I do think that from a negative standpoint and being a fraudulent person, that is certainly who he was. He was a used car salesman to me, and that's not – you know, and I also said he helped me win a championship, and I am thankful for that. He came to the Bucks and gave us a jolt of energy. But I also witnessed how he can be one thing one day and something else the next. That's valuable insight from, from Booger McFarland and Keyshawn Johnson, who um, who would know. Booger, thank you very much for coming on with us this morning. Thanks, Brooke. Anytime. Y'all have a good one, fellas. Uh, but safe travels. <clears throat> Jay, I, I wanted to ask you this um, in the previous segment. You know, you brought up the Washington football team mm-hmm. and how this is based on an investigation into them, and you found it curious that it's almost like a, a distraction. Look at what John Gruden said. Look over there. Don't look over here. The, w- w- talking about racism and structural racism and, and really racism being about power, it does occur to me, John Gruden's in a position of power. Like, human beings are complicated, right? People can harbor anger and sometimes just express anger, and they don't even have some deep-seated prejudice. They're just blowing off steam, and this is the way they do it. Sometimes they do harbor those prejudices, but they're not in a position to really 
affect other people. But a coach is in a position of power, mm-hmm. and he, his intended audience was the exec, an executive on the Washington football team. And when we talk about accountability, John Gruden wanted to rush past it. No, I don't want to discuss it anymore yesterday when he thought he could get away with it. And Daniel Snyder was the same way about the name of that team for years and years. Very passive. So, so what is your thought about all of this? Well, a couple of things. Number one, like, you know, it, <laughs> I've been called the N-word a lot in my life. I've been called a lot of racial slurs. Um, I've, I've had to navigate, and my mind works differently, Max and Key. Key, you voice your frustration very well. For me, when I get frustrated, I'm not as eloquent. So I have to strategize. I, I want to learn how to maneuver the system so I can attack the right way. That's how my brain operates. So I go back to the bigger institutional issue here. And this is a symptom. Like John Gruden... Should have been let go. He should have been fired. Like, I, I, I mix no issues with that. I let Key speak for that because that's exactly how I feel. I just go back to the bigger institutional issue. Like, this was a conversation with Bruce Allen. And a lot of these things were said in an environment underneath the Washington football team. And I just, I understand this is going to c- capture a lot of our opinion. And it's going to receive a lot of heat for John Gruden. Deservingly so. I just don't want us to take our foot off the gas of the Washington football team as well. Because it seems like all of a sudden, are we talking about calling them the Red Wolves? Are we talking about calling them all these different names? And people just have forgotten about that culture that existed there. So if we're going to double down, if we're going to attack people who are attacking people being misogynistic or, you know, talking about different issues within the African-American community. Expressing anger toward marginalized groups. Thank you. So keep that same energy towards the Washington football team. Don't let your foot off the gas with that. That's that's how my mind strategizes for that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. Dan Graziano, look what you walked into this morning. ESPN NFL insider joins us in the studio giving straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless no contract no compromise what was your reaction to the gruden news so which part of it like when the new york times story came out and there were more and the more emails and what they said in them the reaction was well this there's no way he survives this and then certainly when when we found out he was resigning then it wasn't a surprise i think i i think Jay, your point is, is, is an interesting one about the fact that this all comes out of an investigation of, of the Washington football team. And it's an investigation whose results and conclusions the NFL didn't necessarily want made public. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is the report of the investigator to the league was, was submitted orally. And so the, these emails were never, never supposed to be seen by anyone. Uh, they come out as it pertains to John Gruden, and, and this is the – um, result as it pertains to John Gruden, as it pertains to the Raiders. But you're right. Uh, ostensibly, John Gruden and the Raiders have nothing to do with the Washington football team. So this is sort of just sort of one offshoot. You do wonder what else is in those emails. I, I think we have a situation here where, you know, a lot's been said about he didn't work for the league at the time. He didn't work for a team at the time, et cetera, et cetera. It's not what really this is about. This is a, this is a guy talking to his friend, right, Bruce Allen, in a way that we're not supposed to talk about people. I, I, and, I mean, you know, whether it's – whether you can say, oh, it's, it's generational, it, it, it has taken and continues to take a long time for the world and the people in it to catch up with how we're supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to refer to each other. I mean, yeah, this, is a, this is a struggle that's ongoing, and this is an example of someone who, who, who didn't get it um, 
but it, th- there's a lot here. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the connection to the Washington football team is obviously worth watching. But it, as it pertains to Gruden and the Raiders in this situation and the NFL and culture in general, I think we're, it's a situation where it's a lesson for everyone who still needs it that this, this is just not how we treat people. It's not how we treat people to their faces. It's not how we treat people behind their backs. This kind of language matters and, and, and affects people, whether you intend it to or not, and we can't have it. Yeah, I think, um, to, I think what you just said, Dan, is right. It's not how you treat people to, your face behind, to their face behind their back. But what's interesting here is this is not simply in someone's bedroom, how they talk. People are – this is America. You can say whatever you want, and you have a right to privacy. This is an email right. from, a, from a coach position of power yeah. to a powerful executive in the NFL. This is not really private. This is work correspondence, actually. Yeah, and I think you know, what, what it gets down to, to me, is just, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, when John Gruden says in his statement, I never intended to hurt anyone, I think on some level, you can believe him, right? Like, he's not intending to hurt anyone, but he doesn't real. it's a, it's a matter of ignorance, right? You're, you're ignorant of the, of the way, this is how you talk to people, this is how you talk to your, you're comfortable talking, if you're John Gruden, to Bruce Allen in this way, because, you, you think alike or whatever it is, but you don't understand how harboring those feelings or saying those words uh, affects the people to whom you're referring. Even if you're not intending to hurt them, people who are in marginalized groups, you know, are used to hearing the hatred and anger that comes along with the use of these words. And, and every time it hits them, you know, it hits them hard. And I think that people who use them, people who are in a position where they, they haven't been subject to that kind of um, to, to that kind of language. You know, we're talking about straight white males. Right. Like the, the, you don't you don't know the, you don't know how that you, you, you can imagine and you can listen and you can learn and find out how people receive that kind of stuff. But you don't understand it. And I think that's that's part of the issue here is John Gruden being ignorant of what that kind of language actually means to people in the wider world other than his circle, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like, that's not, I'm not, it's certainly not excusing it in any way, but I mean, I guess that the lesson here, the broader lesson for the NFL and for the world in general is we have to watch the way we talk about people. Like, this is not okay, and it hasn't been okay for a long time. And, you know, there's going to be consequences. Um, this, this subject has obviously taken over the show. We still want to get to Lamar Jackson and his performance on Monday Night Football. Maybe we're not going to do that right now, but there's, there's a lot to get into. Lamar Jackson, Ben Simmons. Um, by the way, it, Lamar Jackson, part of the interest in that is think of the negative stereotypes talking about and the tropes about black quarterbacks, right, and how, for how long they're denied and, and, and what the stereotypes were and how that affects even perception of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Ain't no stereotypes no more. We getting ready to get rid of all that. That's right. That's over with. It, it, no, more, it is, no more stereotypes, Jay. I'm with you. It is, it is you, certainly Kate. moving in that direction, but I hmm. still think that they exist, which is why they need to be addressed. It's at the root yeah. of any you know, continued doubt there may be about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, right, because right? what else is it going to be about? Yeah. yeah. So when you get MVP, down to it. MVP, no doubt. MVP. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And right Kyler Murray. Oh, we're going to have an MVP conversation. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Thanks, Dan. Coming up next, we're going to continue to get into this John Gruden story and the fallout around the NFL.
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.